Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. Unreal. I don't know how he was saved, to be honest with you. But, like, you saw the first play he made today and the way he's moving. He's just a great athlete, you know. I don't know how Gio missed the tag. But, uh, you know, put him in a great position. Then, you know, with the with the rundown, he did an amazing job staying in the rundown, uh, letting, you know, Xander and, uh, and J.D. get to second, second and third, no harm, no foul. Um, you know, he, he's playing great. But that was, you know, I want to see it again because it looked very... You know, like the Matrix, right? Like the movie. Yeah, but I didn't know he, he was able to move that way. The second hour of WEEI Late Night with KJ is here. 617-779-7937. The text line 37937. That's Alex Court with a smile after a, a loss that got out of hand early. About Rafi Devers just really showing how he's a $400 million man. I'm sorry. But look. Right now, up in really this season, through all the struggles, Rafi hasn't been having it. 349, 365 on base percentage, 558 slugging. Only Verdugo's better on the slugging percentage, and that's because he's going yard a few times, a couple times. Yeah, it's really the Devers Doogie show, and Xander starting to turn it around. Three for five today. That's, that's, That's huge for him. But boy, when you look down towards the end of that, woo wee, woo doggy, as Southern guys, woo doggy. Once it start getting to that six seven hole, boy, it's not gonna be pretty. The next ten games are crucial for the Red Sox, who are just a five hundred team. The good news is, so is the rest of like, the AL East. Like everybody, literally looks the same. But your next ten games. Three against Toronto, four against Tampa. I'm sorry, three against Toronto, three against Tampa, then four against Toronto. You literally have to go 500 to not be right there next to Baltimore. Because the Yankees are playing the Tigers. They can get healthy on that team. Toronto, then Tampa, then Toronto again. Brutal. 
it may even kill my 27 games at a time. Well, it may not necessarily kill it. It just won't look good. And these are going to be tough, tough games. If there's one thing that's really good that's come out of what's happened so far is that the pitching has not embarrassed itself. In fact, it's done a, it's done more than what's been expected. Now, Rich Hill did have a rough day today, but let's just face it, Rich Hill, you know, God bless him and his family right now. There's a, there's just a lot going on inside and you totally would understand that. You know, but Cutter Crawford This might be too big for G. Five walks, four earned runs, two hits. I got Ricky Vaughn vibes before he got the glasses. Oh, yes. Very, that is a great call there, Nick. Right. But at the same time, the lights of it being Marathon Monday, the game starting at 11 in the morning. You know, by the time you're coming in to pitch, it's like <laughs> when most guys are showing up to the stadium for, for BP. <laughs> what, are, any, what, what do you mean there's a game already? And so you would hope that this is that one-off anomaly, but at the same time you also hope that it doesn't get into his head because right now one less arm in the bullpen is not going to help the Sox. It's not like, hey, Man, we just make room for filling the blank. It's like, no, all hands on deck. Maybe you see more Robles, maybe. Sarah Moore didn't even look, he he didn't look good when he came in there either. Does he ever look good, though? (laughs) The hair does. Hair looks amazing. It's amazing. I'm almost wondering, is it suave or is it like like Neutrogenics or something like that? It's got some volume. That's all I know. It's got volume. That's what it's called. It's got volume. It's got bounce. Like like that curveball did today. Jeez. I wonder if Will Fleming had a chance to catch that ball when it hit the dirt. It went straight up. Like It's very rare that you see a ball go out of play where the ump has to call an out-of-play ball from, from the pitcher on a passed ball. Jeez. And so there are some leaks still, I say, with this bullpen. Garrett Whitlock cannot be your every other day savior. That's not going to work. And some of the bats slowly starting to come around, but at the end of the day, you know, look, in the, in the Twins game Sunday, they came late, and you would want them to come early. I had this argument with, with Dundero about a week ago. Look, I, I would rather have a team jump on the starting pitcher early, knowing that bullpens are not designed to go multiple innings. They're, that's not what they're supposed to Guy's not supposed to come in and give you five innings, and, and normally he's supposed to, you know, be a shutdown situational guy. Hey, we need you to go three. What? It's like a week's worth of work. I just think that the Red Sox are a more dangerous team when they score early, and with a mix-and-match bullpen, you can kind of figure some things out because you've got Garrett Whitlock, who has the ability to shut down one, two, three, four innings at this point. Well, just the simple math would tell you, get all your work done by the fifth inning, please. So that way, if you need a bridge, and where is Matt Barnes? Have you seen Matt Barnes, Nick? Have you seen him? <laughs> uh, a few days ago, we have pitched in the sixth inning. Yeah, have you seen him? Like that? That's how crazy this is, where it's another story that's going there. I And we'll just see how that plays out over time. 
you know, because it's like, okay, it's one thing to see him. You know, let's just say he came in and threw the seventh one time or maybe the eighth in a game that was just kind of getting away. You want him to get work, but you put him in in the sixth and we haven't seen him since. Whew. Not even mop-up work today. You could get the mop-up work in there today if it's about getting caught up. But I think um, the, the hanging story is going to be um, Raffy Devers. And and here's what's kind of crazy. If he'd gotten off to a slow start, then the the noise would be very loud about, like, he doesn't deserve the money, there's no way, this, that, and a third. And it was probably about a week ago that I said, hey, look, if the screaming from the rooftops has been, well, we need to build the farm system, but yet you're on the precipice of having three of your own farm hands pretty much get their wheat shafts cut by the same organization that grew them, my question is, what's the point of it? Like, who cares about how great Mayor is in the minors if you know what the be-all, end-all is? And that's what you're facing with Rafi and with Xander. I think Xander's actually a little more tricky because Correa, who just seems like he just might be in Minnesota just for the cool weather. <laughs> I think I think that's all it is. It does not seem like this is a guy who's engaged or who's trying to light the world on fire. At this point, he's he's killing his value a little bit. But I don't think that's going to be the end story. right? I think Correa got smart and said, look, let me go to Minnesota, put up gaudy numbers and not have to worry about winning and playing into deep into September, October and chasing for a pennant and stuff like that, what you're doing in Houston every year. And then just totally reset the shortstop market. That's why I was hoping, look, get something done with Xander now because once Correa hits the market or what if Xander has a better year than Correa? I mean, they both have World Series rings. Now, you clearly would say Correa is a much better player, but depending on who, to who. And I think Xander's cost is probably going to be maybe $10 million more than it was before. Where with Rafi, it's going to be a hundred million more than what people are thinking. I hear the number floating around three hundred million. I really think that number's four hundred. I really do. I I believe that when he sees Anthony Rundell's number there in, in, in with the Angels at thirty five AAV, he wants forty. And you could possibly make a very good argument to say, why wouldn't he get forty? He's younger. Probably going to have a bigger impact on the game long term. And I think even a couple of nights ago I had mentioned, and you might want to hold your nose for this, <laughs> the New York Yankees haven't issued the number 11 this year. I'm just saying. If if Rafi is holding out, if there's a $100 million difference, there's a good chance the Yankees are sitting and waiting with a Josh Donaldson guy who only would get $9 million next year. He's 36 years old. They got DHs in the, the National League. They're, that's like no money sitting right there. And they could probably move Giancarlo Stanton as well because there's no way they're going to pay him that through 2029, I think. I think it's also the reason why Aaron Judge rejected um, his deal, which would average like 30, like right on the head at 30 a year. Because he's probably gotten wind that the Yankees have someone in mind they want to pay more. The guy's 24 years old and he plays over there in the Fenways. These next 10 games are going to be everything. I People, it's early, everything. Yeah, look, 
It's 10 games against two teams who are expected to either be ahead of you or you could lap. Because if the, if, if, if the Red Sox go 8-2 and two over their next 10 games, we have a very similar story that we had last year. And that was a good one. KJ Late Night here on WEEI, 617-779-7937. The text line is 37937. Next, the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl incident just became so clear. It's a fascinating, it's fascinating what I when you hear what they say next. But right now, it's time to trend with Nick. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. WEEI. This is WEEI Late Night. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Hey, Malcolm. Uh, you just mentioned um, things working out with you coming back here. When you left uh, in the 2018 offseason, did you ever expect that you would come back to New England and um, – how how do you how does this sort of like wrap up um, where you are at this point in your career making this return to New England and how um, and how would you um, recap this whole journey from go, leaving New England and now coming back? Um, I, I didn't expect to come back to New England, um, but I always you know uh, had respect for the New England Patriots, Mr. Kraft, John DeKraft, uh, Bill Belichick, and one thing I learned, man, you never. Um, you never burn your bridges down. You handle uh, situations as a man and as a grown-up. And um, if I didn't do that, I don't think I had an opportunity to come back here. So um, I'm pretty sure I made a, a good decision by acting like a grown man. Late night, WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for being part of the show. 617 Text line is 37937. Comments welcome anytime. That's Malcolm Butler saying, look, I didn't think I would be coming back here. He didn't say he didn't want to come back here. Just didn't think he would come back here. And he said something very key. He said, that's why you never burn down bridges. Which is a term you hear all the time. Never want to burn a bridge. But do you ever really care if a bridge is burned over something personal? Right? Like, think about it. Someone you know, slay your dog, kill your cat, whatever. This is hypothetical. But when it's personal, you don't care if that bridge burns by gasoline, kerosene, natural oil, heating gas. It doesn't matter. Burn it all down because it's personal. Really, the statement, you never want to burn bridges, has to do with the professional side. 
And that's why I think the mystery of Malcolm Butler and what happened at the Super Bowl and why he was benched is kind of solved in some parsed words. I'll get to more of that here in a couple of minutes. See, what he didn't expect was a level of understanding, nothing about a forgiveness, understanding. So that tells me people have understandings better about a personal situation that you have than if you've done business the incorrect way. Now, there have been so many rumors floating about of what happened that night. I had always said something personal happened with Malcolm Butler that would have not allowed him to be on the field to professionally do his job. And because Belichick never said anything or because he was flipping about it or just nonchalant about it, it added to the mystery of it. Like, why would this guy miss the biggest game of the year after what he had just done the previous year in said big game? Belichick was looking out for him personally. And what that personally is, it doesn't matter. But Bill, who just turned 70 on Saturday, is at that point in his life where if there's some people he cares about, and we joke about it and we talk about it here, about his coaching staff. He just may do it with players as well, and I think this is Malcolm Butler's story. All right, still to come, we'll talk about Kaepernick's comments about coming back, uh, Baker Mayfield as well, and, and his thoughts and some of the things being said about where he may land. That's in about five minutes here on Late Night. Plus a wide receiver or two that might be available on draft day for the Patriots. There's a lot happening in the NFL. Here's Malcolm Butler saying, Look, Bill and I had to talk about some things, but it's not the things you thought you think it may be. Hey, Malcolm, football as well. Um, when it when it came to returning, did how much did you and Bill ha- have to talk about how things ended, and did you guys sort of have to come to any sort of resolution or just you know anything like that to you know come back here? No, we just talked about the contract and. Yeah. Um, is he asked me was I'm locked in, was I'm all in, ready to play? I told him, yeah, I am. He said, I know you took a year off, and you know the transition gonna be hard since you took a year off. But you know, I, I'm, he know I'm, I'm up for the challenge. You know, I, I really I can take that challenge. I can come in here and work hard and uh, take on any role. So, um, now it wasn't much to talk about because I'm here to work. Yeah. Belichick doesn't seem to be the type to say, huh, if a guy wasn't about his business and was bad for business and went against the code and ethics of the business or went against the leadership of said business, you don't bring the type of person back for a business decision. I don't know, like, what is it, fool me once, shame on, me, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? So Belichick is not going to put himself in a situation of bringing back a player who's done something detrimental to the team and the business of it. Personal? You may be empathetic. You may have a form of understanding. But at that moment, at that time, you had to play Harry Hardass, let's call it what it is, to get the point across for that person to address whatever is personally going on to handle it. Right? Because if it was something that was football related, he doesn't get that deal to going to, to, to the Titans. 
He doesn't go there. I mean, when you're an undrafted guy and you do wrong in a situation where you virtually have no cover, I mean, we're talking about a guy out of West Alabama. You? You're not making phone calls on your behalf. Who do you go play for? Vrabel. Which means part of business. Vrabel's not going to take him because he's like, hey, well, I understand how you could do, I can understand how you go a foul with business with those guys, trust me. You know, I almost burned a bridge, but hey, you, you've got a home here. No. There's a genuine care for the player. Even when you just heard Malcolm Butler say, Bill asked me, am I ready? Am I, am I honed in? Are you all, are you, are you 100 in now that you've sat out a year, got to spend time with your family, focus on personal stuff? Yeah. So, to put it in a sentence, Malcolm Butler was benched in the Super Bowl for a personal reason, period. Now it doesn't matter what that personal reason is because everybody was wondering, like, is it business? I, I Nick, you've heard some of the some of the conspiracy theories, have you not? Some of them. I think I've heard all of them. Yeah. Well, I started tuning them out because, you know, sometimes you just get a read and tell on things, right? It's not like Albert Hainsworth, who wasn't about business, and you're like, you can go, buddy. I don't care how much I'm paying. Bye. This is a guy who I believe that Bill has a special care for. and Always wondered how he was doing personally. And Malcolm says, yes, I'm ready. And they need all the help they can in that secondary this year, that's for sure. So around the NFL, an interesting scenario is happening. And I don't know if you've heard about this or what's been going on. Uh, Debo Samuel... A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin, uh, Debo with San Francisco, A.J. Brown, of course, with the Titans I just mentioned, and Terry McLaurin with the Commandos, have all agreed to sit out of camp unless they get an extended deal now, even though there's still a year remaining left on their contracts. One of those three, I believe, is going to run such a hard bargain that one of these NFL teams are going to have to say, you know what, we're going to have to cut bait now and take our chance on with another young receiver and at least deal with this headache another four years from now. We can kick the can down the road. Now, Debo Samuel, he's said, he has reported that he has received death threats and racist comments at him just over this whole situation. Come on, people, it's just football. You know, this isn't, he's not making your daughter sneak out the side window at 12 o'clock at night. And she come every morning you're going in the room and the bed is stuffed. Yeah, you might have some choice words about a guy like that. Not saying I was ever that guy. I'm just saying I know what choice words you may have. Terry McLaurin. Now, there would be a real reason you'd want to get out of Washington. His name is Carson Wentz. Like, get me out of here now. Please. Or just give me a bunch of money so I can just, you know, drown my sorrows away in Bengay or Asper cream or whatever. Just, I just, but you, you ever go into one of those, um, what do they call the crypto something? You know what machines I'm talking about? Like the, the, the cryptology where it's like frozen. The cryo chamber? Cryo chamber. Maybe I've heard crypto too much. The cryo chamber. Maybe Terry McLaurin's just like, I'm just going to buy like 10 cryo chambers and not even come in. Carson Wentz, he's going to need him. And then A.J. Brown, where 
they have to think of what they're going to do now. And I think A.J. Brown is the one that they, they will kowtow and say, yep, we'll do an extension with you because Julio Jones is gone and you still have Ryan Tannehill. And Derrick Henry's got another year or two left on his deal. So A.J. Brown, by default, is the young man in the room. Debo Samuel, oh my gosh, he's got the most leverage. What does Jimmy G have behind him, in front of him, next to him? You know, George Kittle is starting to get a little long in the tooth. Still serviceable, but I mean, (laughs) Debo Samuel reminds me a lot of guys who are on like these five-year deal contracts. I won't say what industry, but just follow along. Where they're like, oh man, if we could get you the music schedule, you can help out with the promotions team. We heard you have an in, an interest in engineering. <laughs> you have an engineering degree too. It's like, no, this is a performance contract. Well, this is all a form of performance. I mean, that's what Debo Samuel's doing. He's doing everything in the building. And he may be the one most likely to sit out and possibly demand a trade, especially if there's still a thought that Jimmy Garoppolo has value to be moved on from. If they can't come to an agreement with Debo Samuel, then you just say, okay, let's start moving on Jimmy. We turn it over to Trey Lance and hello, rebuild, because we're not catching the Rams. They're not. I mean, you'll beat the San Francisco. You'll be, you'll, you'll, I mean, you'll beat uh, Seattle. Yeah. You won't even be able to fight with Arizona anymore. So they may think rebuild. So if there's fingers crossed in Pat's nation, does Bill get on the phone potentially with one of these disgruntled receivers? Because I I don't know if any three of these guys are going to get their deals. But I'll tell you what, all of them would be instant wide receiver number one for your New England Patriots. See what happens on draft day. I believe one of them gets moved on that day. And it won't be to hear. <laughs> Can a girl dream? The Patriots will make a trade on draft day, but it will be to move back. Well, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but when you're at 21, what are you really walking back into, right? Like maybe maybe someone wants to fight for Kenny Pickett, uh, you know. You know, Kenny Pickett at 21. No, I want him at 21. No, I want him at 21. Then, yeah, you might have some leverage. And, and that may not be a bad play. And then you find a sucker. Because yeah, that's, there you that go. should not happen, moving up for Kenny Pickett. Right, exactly. So, But you just never know. People can get desperate. Something may happen. GMs do stupid things. Yeah, Jerry Jones is always around. Yeah, draft day is going to be exciting. Right here on WEEI, we're going to be wall-to-wall. Hart to be here, Fitzy, Hart and Fitzy. I believe Mutt and Hart are here for five hours with yeah. casts of thousands. Oh, yeah. Oh, plus... Brought to you by D'Angelo Subs as well. Oh my gosh! Like, like we should come in just for the food spread that day, probably. Mutt's mad at me because I took the draft off. <laughs> he's not your he's not your employer. <laughs> but he, he but was, that's a he good thing. Give me a hard time. But that's a good thing because he wants you there. You know, that's the good thing. It's a funny thing with the producers. Like, you know, you kind of I don't want to say we have favorites, but you know, you kind of have like you, know, you kind of tag team partners. You become, and sometimes you get super comfortable with one because you know what their idiosyncrasies are, and so forth. Yeah. So, I remember at one time I was, like, super attached to Dylan. Like, Dylan probably hasn't touched the board in, like, two years now. I believe it's been about two years, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, so, yeah, take that as a compliment. But also, you know, if you need to get your rest, man, get your rest. 
because draft day will be busy here on WEEI. Five hours. So interesting story came out today. Colin Kaepernick was talking to uh, Brandon. Uh, there's so many because there's so many guys named Brandon. The guy that's at uh, HBO that was on. Uh, oh, Brandon, why can't I think of his name? He's the receiver, Brandon Marshall. And in the conversation with Brandon Marshall, Colin Kaepernick says he's willing to be a backup in the NFL, and that he wants just the chance to be able to get on a squad. And then he believes he can prove that he's better than the backup and would move forward. So something I've rarely ever discussed, I don't think I've even discussed Colin Kaepernick since I've been at WEEI because he was, I mean, it wasn't in the mix, but one thing I want to always point out for those who, who have followed the story, there is a key piece of the Kaepernick story that a lot of people forget about, but is very important to know. Back in 2014, and maybe you remember this, Nick, Kaepernick was fined 10 grand by the NFL for wearing Beats headphones to a press conference. Do you remember this? I do not. Wow. Okay. He was fined $10,000, and the problem with it was the NFL had just signed its deal with Bose to be the exclusive headphone wear. Like, in interviews, in games, everything is Bose. Post game doesn't matter. You've got if you've got headphones on or any audio to ear equipment, it's got to be Bose. It's the deal that the league has with them at that time for over forty million dollars. I don't think they're partnered with Bose anymore, though. This is at the time. Well, yeah, I'm just saying now. Yeah, at the time, I'm just I'm trying to take you back in time. So Kaepernick was asked, "Will Beats be paying the fine for you?" And in a nonchalant way, he kind of said, well, I can't really discuss that. Colin Kaepernick was getting in the way of at least a $40 million deal. That is always the start of your problems. You mess with the money, everything else just is honey. Let me say that again. When you mess with the money, everything else is just honey. I saw something similar like this. With Jim McMahon in the early days where he wore a head, uh, he used to wear Adidas headbands, but it wasn't clear to wear it as head, headbands, so he flipped it around and, you know, put Roselle's name up there, got fined for doing that, sending a message. But you didn't see the headbands anymore. Well, the NBA does it because some guys aren't sponsored by Gatorade, so every once in a while you'll see, like, Kawhi throw the Gatorade ball at the press on the ground. NFL is totally different. NFL, think about it. The NFL is the league that will fine you for not having your uniform on properly. Yeah, for socks. They'll find you for socks or cleats. Because everything is to be done by the book. You do not go against the Shield and its business partners. You don't. That's why you don't see guys running around with Apple computers on the sideline. No, there's a Microsoft deal. But when Kaepernick did that, he introduced himself in a business sense to not be a compliance guy when it came to deals bigger than himself. And that's part of the reason why he's had a lot of trouble coming back. Like I was just talking about with Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler didn't get in the way of business, so it was easy to call him. Kaepernick got in the way of business before the social justice stuff ever occurred, which was still two years to come later. 16, 15, 16? 
you get in the way of business, you have problems. So when he says he's willing to be a backup, that's something I said years ago when he first, why not be a backup? But if you refuse to be a backup, then I question, is it about playing football or is it about being seen? Because I said, if it's about being seen, go to the CFL. If you want to talk about America's problems, you could do it old Canada style. The government's not going to intervene and, and not make sure that you can't get back to the country. The government hasn't been after Kaepernick. They haven't tried to put him under or silence him. That's not been a governmental thing. A lot of people misread the whole censorship and freedom of speech. The government has to be on the opposite side, not some company and their terms and conditions. People don't get that. What? He didn't go to Canada and could have every press conference talked about the issues in America that he felt were pressing. I've always felt that Kaepernick was one who never had to handle the whole weight. Some people get that. Didn't have to handle the whole weight. Didn't. Baker Mayfield. He's now uh, feeling like he's been disrespected by Cleveland but yet still on their roster. How disrespectful is that? He's still on their roster. And here's what's crazy. Baker Mayfield may have to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns week one. But yet he's saying all these things. You mess with business first? It's kind of hard to come back from. Well, Ian Rappaport said that if he is traded before the draft, it will most likely be the Panthers. So I guess there's been some rumblings. Yeah, so the Panthers are just going to eat up more dead money, right? Well, for a year. <laughs> what, Sam Darnold's money isn't good? <laughs> like his, He gets paid in U.S. currency, too? Yeah, but I think both of them are for a year. Okay, so now you're going to have pretty much almost a 40 million quarterback problem between two guys. And no answer to replace either one of them. You might draft Malik Willis from uh, Liberty, which might play into what you ultimately want to do. <laughs> but $40 million for two guys who can't do anything? It would be 37 and a half. Yeah. And those That's guys, not bad. <laughs> it's 40. It, that's $40 million. <laughs> No. So I'm not trying Kaepernick to Mayfield other than the sense of this. Nobody's bigger than the shield. Nobody. And Mayfield is finding out like, gosh, he can't, he's not even bigger than Cleveland. Like, bro, it's one of the 30. They all work together. You're not special. Who cares you're in commercials? You know why they do those commercials with you? I know, Nikki, we've had that discussion. They do commercials with you because you're part of the NFL's business. They see the NFL as the big picture. You're just kind of the, the contract worker. You're the 1099 guy. These guys we deal with, we file corporate taxes with. Partnerships. Depreciation and asset values on spreadsheets. Not you, Baker. Not you, Kaepernick. But with the business partners they do money in business with. Always going to be bigger than the player. All right. We wrap up late night here with KJ next here on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. WEEI Late Night. On Boston Sports Original. WEEI.
think the difference is, you look at the game today, this team can't win the championship. Those guys both played fantastic against Cleveland, and it was still a six-point game with three, four minutes to go. Can they have four perfect games? You see today, one guy was amazing. The other guy had a little subpar game, and they lost. And that's why I think those two guys have to play great. One of them can't play great, they both have to play great. And I thought you saw a perfect example of that today. Late night, W-E-E-I, KJ. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for the Celtics to play another game like it's Celtics of 1985. Nice, tough defense getting their hands in in the face of two superstars again and go up for a 2-0 lead. You, you, Nick, did I surprise you pulling out the Bowling for Soup as my bumper music? I remember you mentioning Bowling for Soup off air a couple weeks ago on a Sunday, and then it popped up, and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah, so true story. The guys who sing 1985. Lead singer's name is Jared. Oh, this had to be 2004, 2005, somewhere there. And at the station I was working at, they were part of the music festival that, you know, all these stations tend to have every year. Well, they used to at one point. So a day before the show, I'm in, my, I'm in a restaurant with my nine-year-old daughter, and we had just gone back and forth about why I wouldn't buy her these particular dresses that she was trying to pick out at the mall because I was like, look, you, you know, you're a tall girl. You have long legs. The skirt's going to look shorter. There's going to be pretty bad assumptions, and you're not ready for those bad assumptions. So we're having this like a straight-up dad and daughter conversation, but it wasn't like there wasn't any angst with it. It was just like a real truth-telling. Who's sitting two tables over? Who's sitting a table over? The two lead members of Bowling for Soup. I don't know this. Well, she recognized. She's like, oh, my God, Dad, that's Bowling for Soup over there. I was like, yeah, they'll be at our show tomorrow. So, Nick, I sent you a picture that I took with them, and they pulled me in again when the picture was taken. They are like, hey, come here. We overheard your conversation yesterday with your daughter, and we just had like a couple of daughters. Uh, Jared and the big guy, that was the guitarist. And he was like, yeah, we just like, thank you for that fatherly advice because the way you handled that was so cool. I don't know where Bowling for Soup is now. <laughs> But has anybody that, thought about them since 2005? Has anybody thought about them since 2005? But at that moment, I was the coolest dad in the world because Bowling for Soup took my advice about her choice in clothing. It's just a small world. So thank you so much for those who've been here for the last hour and 50 minutes here at Late Night with KJ. Whether you've been here for 16 minutes or all close to two hours, I appreciate it. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can hear it on the Odyssey app. It's free. Have it on your phone. Just type in W-E-E-I. You can listen live or you can listen. Just go to late night. And then usually if you want to tell if it's my late night or if it's Barrett late night or Dondero, our name will be inside of the file. that will tell you like in this hour KJ talks about. So give it about an hour after the show for anything you missed because I have to tap myself on the back about the Kyrie monologue tonight. Hey, it's already up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's what's kind of funny about and sad at the same time with this Kyrie situation is in a guy who talks about, you know, the aura and the cycles of life in the universe, which I understand a lot of that stuff. Um, he has to know that stomping on Lucky was more about stomping on a spirit than it was trying to make some cool statement. 
Like, if you don't think that that doesn't reverberate like an echo and how it's going to show up, right? Because if you noticed, everybody's pretty much stuck to the same script of what they say to Kyrie, which is Kyrie sucks. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> you go back to 1985, Barkley sucks. <laughs> it was happening. It was much worse today at the Red Sox game. Can't repeat that one. Well, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, Kyrie, and, and, and there's a term called coincidence. And they say that there's no such things as coincidence. It really is a co-opting of an incident. So you may love it or hate it, but HBO uh, has a great series called um, The the uh, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. And last night's episode, last night's episode, and this isn't something that was just made last night. It was all about the approach of going into Boston as the Lakers. And the character, Devon Nixon, who plays his father, Norm Nixon, has this kind of mini monologue about the aura of the old Boston Garden. And that Lucky, is it seems to be like this voice that you hear that gets in your head. And what do you know? Kyrie, you waited a day too late to go off. You should be sitting down and watching that or listening to KJ Late Night here on WEEI to let you know this is all part of the ball game. It always has been, and it will be again Wednesday. There'll be nobody to save you from yourself. Have a great night. Be good. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.